Hey, Life Architects, welcome to another episode of the Build a Bigger Life podcast. My apologies for the delays in getting some episodes out. It's been a crazy busy end of the year of 2021. And as we round the corner into 2022, guess what? I got some really cool guests coming up, some uh, interesting solo casts also coming up. And I'm going to do some educating, some teaching on upcoming episodes. I'm very excited about what the future of the Build a Bigger Life show is all about. This is episode number 170. On today's show, a gentleman by the name of Chandler Bolt. You have likely seen this dude. He is getting all sorts of media. He's all over socials. He is very, very successful in what he does. He's the founder of Self Publishing School, which is a company whose sole goal is to help people become published authors in a very systematic and streamlined way. SPS has hit the Inc. 5000 list a few years running. Those are the fastest growing companies in America. And Chandler himself, get this, he was recently listed by Forbes as one of the 30 under 30 to watch. Take that in. Forbes magazine listed him as someone under 30 to keep your eyes on. Only 30 people made that list. Chandler Bolt was one of them. I met Chandler when he was a college student from South Carolina doing a summer gig, selling house painting and crushing it, by the way. I think he was the top salesperson in the country the year I met him. Ridiculous, right? He then moved to Des Moines, Iowa, dropped out of school, moved to Des Moines to live in an entrepreneurial house run by a mutual friend by the name of Dane Maxwell. Shout out to Dane, vitamin D. From there, he lived in San Diego, San Francisco. He's lived in Nashville, Austin, all the while building this very successful business, coaching writers and leading an ever-growing team of remote workers. It's an amazing story. Today, we talk about the re-release of his book, Published. And if you stick around to the end, the first 50 life architects to hit up the website will get a completely free copy of his book. Nothing required no credit card. He's literally going to ship you a free book. Whole bunch of other super solid content ahead that will help you in your pursuit of success in business or publishing. Listen in. The show today is sponsored by theshredmethod.com. The Shred Method is the fastest way to eliminate debt and build real wealth. And here's the deal. There are no big secrets. It is just math. And we cover all of this in greater depth at theshredmethod.com. In fact, just last weekend, I delivered the method to a conference in Austin, Texas, and people's minds were blown. We had dozens of signups in the first 24 hours after the conference, and they're still coming in. And these were savvy real estate investors whose eyes were open to what's possible. So what's stopping you? Check out www.theshredmethod.com to get started. Now, on to the interview with the founder of Self Publishing School, Mr. Chandler Bolt. Chandler Bolt, welcome to the Build a Bigger Life podcast. Great to be here. Thank you, Adam. This has been a long time coming, for sure. Like seven years, long time, maybe eight or nine. When did when did we first meet? Do you remember? Uh, I mean, Succeed Faster Conference. One of the I think I went to two or three years of those. Um, it was probably, I think it was what we were talking about right before this. I want to say it was between freshman year of college and sophomore year of college. You guys were one of the first ever conferences that I went to. It's so funny. I actually, um, 
I just finished, uh, I'm in the process of finishing writing um, my next book. And I, I wrote about that and about meeting Dane Maxwell at that conference yes. and how it just changed my life forever. And just this whole thing. Yeah, it's crazy. So funny. And it, and it underscores the need to go to conferences, right? And meet people oh, that yes. you wouldn't normally meet. We're going to yes. get into all that and a whole lot more on this show. But you know, the first question I ask everyone is what do you love about your life right now? It's really funny timing to be answering this question. This is going to feel self-indulgent and just like a plug, but I promise that it is not. And it's that uh, about an hour and a half before we started recording this video uh, or this podcast, I finished the content editing for my next book, which is coming out in about the time this interview comes out will be about when it comes out, but it's coming out in about a month. And so, I mean, it is just, it has been a... uh, I love the fact that I'm on the other side of it because for anyone who's written a book knows, I mean, it's just, you're in the throes. It's the creative process, right? It's like, this is going to be amazing. Hold up. This is hard. Whoa, this is really difficult. This sucks. I suck. Hold on. Maybe this is going to actually be good. Wow, that was awesome. And so I think- I'm like kind of rounding out that maybe this is actually going to be good. <laughs> I love it. And uh, I'm really excited about it. You went through the, this sucks, I suck part. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, uh, about a week ago or two weeks ago, and it's just so much mounting pressure where it's yeah. like, I've got a deadline. I've got a bunch of people counting on me. This book, I want, I need to be turned in on time. Number one, but number two, I want to yeah. drop the mic with this book. Like it needs totally. to be really, really good. Totally. And or I want it to be really good because I don't want to have to come back and and redo it. Like I yeah. want this like the book on writing and publishing a book. And so just I think kind of feeling that way, and which is not good for your mental psyche, because you're in the midst of it. It's like okay, it's kind of hard to be creative when I'm just like so overwhelmed. <laughs> and you know, trying to run the business at the whole time. But yeah. really, I mean, within all of it, I think it is proof of like that. That was the goal. Is I want to walk the talk of what we teach was like, Hey, you really can go from blank page to published in 90 days. I'm going to do it end to end in about a hundred days at, I would say one of the highest levels of, of like really doing a proper launch, like all those things. And so, uh, but it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's, it's, it's a journey in the middle, in the middle of that. It's, it's so awesome. Hang on one second. I want to give you this. This is a a well-deserved ready. There you go. Standing ovation. (laughs) <laughs> Hold on, I'm, I'm finishing the book, my friend. Um, so, so uh, I want to talk a little bit about how you did this because I had a very specific process when I wrote. Actually, when I've written every book that I've done, um, and it involved an early morning session at Starbucks, and it was the the, the same coffee in the same place, the same table. Yeah. I had water uh, raindrops in my ears um, to get me into the right mode of writing. So, what was your process like? Where was your your writing spot if you had one. Yeah. So, I mean, I call it the more writing method and it's so funny, Adam, I don't know if I've ever told you about this, but I'm pretty sure I write about you in the book and I've referenced you on every web. I've probably done a thousand or more, at least probably a thousand webinars and, and, and talks at conferences where I've said, and then who not how, and I talked to my mentor, Adam Carroll, he, who he wrote a book for, and he introduced me to this concept of mind mapping. Yes. Uh, and, and so the more my, the more writing methods start, it's, I mean, it stands for mind map outline, rough draft editing, um, and so the, the mind map is the starting point. Then you turn that into an outline. And then we have kind of like 
it's we're just getting cheesy with all the acronyms, but it's, it's, we talk about like mowing your rough draft down one chapter at a time. So you mind map outline and write. Um, and then repeat that process chapter by chapter, or for people who speak better than they, they write, they, they, you mind map outline speak. And so like, that's yeah. kind of the, I've, it's exactly what we teach. And I've got, um, you know, we've got this little, for anyone uh, who's looking at the, I don't know if anyone sees a video version, we've got kind of this, this milestone of journeys. That's There's awesome. eight milestones. Um, and then, you know, you can see like, this is the mind map for one of the chapters of the book looks like this is chapter number two. Um, and I, so I just, I just did this and then, um, you know, I have my noise canceling headphones, my, my spot that I'm writing and it's a grind, uh, but just repeating that process yes. chapter by chapter. And it's like, you know, I'm ADHD and C-level English student and a college dropout. So it's not like this really comes out easy to me. <laughs> um, so for me, it's like, I can't listen to music with words. Right, um, right. And then my brain will just go off in, into space. And so just a lot, a lot of the fundamentals is, you know, yeah. it's, it's not easy, but it is simple. And totally so that's, agree. that's what I've been doing. We, I want to go back to that time. Cause you called me, I think it was you and your brother were working on yeah. a book mm-hmm. uh, pre-interview. I was talking about having it on my desk. Uh, it's called breaking out of a broken system. And it's, it's a really fun read because uh, Chandler, you and your brother, Seth, who just happens to be the bassist of an amazing rock band called Need to Breathe, um, wrote this book. And I thought what was fascinating about it is that you two are both really successful in what you do and what your parents did to like help you get there mentally. Yeah. Yeah. And so I remember you calling and saying, Hey, we're working on this. We have this weekend, we're going to try and put it together. And we started talking about mind mapping and all that. But I'm curious from that process till now, Mm. what happened with you? Why did, how did you realize like, oh yeah, self-publishing is the gig and I'm going to teach people how mm. to do it. And I'm going to go after this. Yeah. yeah I, this is a great question. I think it, it, I mean, it starts to scratching your own itch, which is like, okay, I did this, but then I think it's, uh, for me, it's always been, how do I execute on what is right in front of me? And in doing so, I will discover the next step. I think there's a lot of people way better than me at like having this five-year, 10-year plan and just like map it all out. It's never really been that for me. It's been, okay, what can I do next? And then how does that help me take the next step? So um, published a couple of books. They did decently well. Then people just started asking about it. And I dropped out of school and it's like kind of one of those things where you can only get smacked in the face so many times before you turn around and look and you turn around and look and there's a line full of people all wanting this thing. So That's it my started. Problem. I just keep getting what? smacked and I haven't turned <laughs> around yet to see how many people are back. Man, turn around and then say, will you pay me? Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then it turns out they would because it started for me. It was just, I would get on the phone for an hour, teach yeah. someone everything I knew because they're like, hey, how are you doing this book thing? Right. I just, oh, I want to be a nice person. Like, Hey, here's how you do it. Do this, do this, do this. Good luck. Um, just for free. And then finally it's like, hold up. My business is totally failing right now. People keep asking about this. Maybe I should charge for this. Uh, and so that kicked off self-publishing school. And then there's a lot, a lot of winding journeys uh, along the way, but that then we kind of launched the beta version and we said, hold up. 60% of those authors wrote and published a book in, in uh, six months. Um, and so it's like, whoa, okay, we can replicate this in other people. I feel more confident about this. And so then it, then it was just kind of stacking. And then yeah. I think to where I'm at now, probably the big differentiator is just 
focus and discipline. I mean, it's yeah. focus stands for one, uh, follow one course until successful. Right. And yep. I think the two most dangerous questions as an entrepreneur is what's new and what's next. Yeah. Uh, and people always want to know, Hey, what's new, what's next. And for me, it's been not much, just been doing a whole lot more of what we were already doing, but better. <laughs> yeah. And like, that's been the answer for six years in a row. And will continue to be the answer probably for the next few years, at least, because it's just, it's the compound effect of focus and discipline on one thing. So. It is so awesome to watch from afar, you know, knowing you and knowing where it started because people will be like, yeah, I was listening to this really amazing dude, this guy named Chandler Bolt. I'm like, oh yeah, I know. I've known Chandler for a long time. So you're one of my first mentors, man. It would have never, the journey would have never got started uh, without you and Mitch Matthews and succeed faster. And like all that, man, like that was just such a catalyst on my, I mean, even giving me the journey or giving me the courage to drop out of school and alternate resources. And then me moving to Des Moines, Iowa, when I dropped out of school, which everyone's just like, oh my gosh, like what the crap? Why did you move to Des Moines, Iowa? Because <laughs> it's an entrepreneurial hub, man. Like, this yeah, is it it's happened. becoming one. It's yeah. becoming one. But really, it was for you, Mitch, Dane, um, a couple other people. It was like yeah. uh, really smart people that I want to learn from. Yeah, that's, that's so cool. Um, I, I want to know a little bit about success stories. So tell me about some of the, like the, the standouts for you that have gone through self-publishing school, people maybe who had tremendous doubts about their ability or created a book that went viral or yeah. what have you, like, give me a couple of success stories. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many we've, we've, so we launched in 2015 since then we published about 6,000 books. So we publish about two books a day. Um, and uh, so it's kind of hard to pick, but I, I would say there's two that come to mind. Um, one, her name is Eileen Wilder. Um, she was kind of on this training and she was like, I don't really even know what I want to write about, but I trust you guys. I trust the process. Like we ended up working yeah. together and um, she wrote a book called The Brave Body Method. Um, really cool topic about helping women uh, with kind of like self-image. Uh, and it did really well. So well, next thing she knew, she's like front and center at Barnes and Noble doing a book signing. Like it ended up getting picked up by a traditional publisher, like all those things. So that's one. And then I think the other one that's closer to my heart, really, I mean, both of them are really awesome, but is, uh, we, so we had this guy, Sean Sumner, um, he still works with us. He's been on the team for years, basically since the beginning, but he was a customer at first, a physical therapist. Um, and he wrote and published two books on physical therapy and kind of problems that he was encountering on the daily to help his patients. Sure. And he did that. And then his daughter said, Hey dad, that's really cool. Like I want to write a book and at eight years old. And then he said, okay, you know, go write like 50 words and come back to me thinking like, okay, that's just a big enough hurdle that it's like, right. That'll fizzle right. Out, right? And um, she comes back like a few hours later with 50 words written. He's like, all right you're serious about this. And so they went to Panera bread, like every Saturday morning. Um, and she wrote and published this book. Um, the book made it was, it's a children's book. It's called, uh, the fairies of waterfall Island. Uh, it, she made four grand in the first three months. Oh, that's awesome. Um, she donated all the money to autism awareness charity because she has a friend oh. who has autism. Now it's, it's her quote unquote allowance. 
Um, like she gets paychecks every month that are royalties from the book. Right. And she did a speaking gig, made like 1200 bucks. They paid her like a $250 honorarium at her school. And she saw all these books. It's just like, when I think about the, just the confidence in the, the trajectory of that young woman. I mean, I think she's like 14 now, which is just crazy to think about, but I mean, her life is forever changed. And so that's what we say all the time is, is we believe that books change lives. Like yep. books change the lives of readers who read the books, yep. but they also change the lives of authors who write the books. And it's not about the book. It's about who you become in the process of writing and publishing that book. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so that's, that's so cool with Emma. And then now she's inspired all these other kids where we have like kid authors showing up at our conferences and other people on staff, like their kids are writing books. And it's just, we've got a children's book school now. Like uh, it's, it's so cool, man. That is very cool. It, you know, what's so fascinating too is 10 years ago, eight years ago, it seemed like people were talking about the death of books and, yeah. you know, particularly it was probably a little bit longer ago than that. Even the Kindle oh, yeah. came out and yeah. e-readers and everyone's like, oh, it's all going <laughs> to e-readers. And yet, you know, we, the self-publishing game, especially it, it can be very profitable. Um, it's easier than what most people think. And the whole idea of traditional publishing, like, yeah, it'd be great and, and have friends who've, who've put books in, in uh, airplanes or in airports, you know, in the, in the bookstores and airports, mm-hmm. that's a big deal, but it costs a lot. And there's a lot yeah. that goes into that. Mm-hmm. And in the end, they might make what 80 cents a book or something like some, some crazy, ridiculous, small number. Yep. Um, so tell me about the, the economics that you have found of self-publishing. Yeah, well, there's so you, you can talk. You, so I think we'll let's bucket this in two parts, right? You can talk self publishing versus traditional publishing, but then you can talk about like why the book as a whole, like or like the purpose of the book within yes. your ecosystem. So, yes, yes. like, if we just look at self publishing versus traditional publishing, there's three differences. There's, well, there's really four. It, you know, it used to be distribution. Like the only way you sold books was to get into bookstores. Only way you sell books, uh, get into bookstores is to have a traditional publishing deal. Right. Now, 70% of all books sold are sold on Amazon. So that's no longer an issue, right? But it, when it comes down to it, you've got, uh, you know, you've got royalty rates, you've got cost. How much does it cost you to publish? Yep. You've got, um, how long does it take in the process? Royalty right. rates, traditionally publish eight to 12% per book. You're yep. talking a dollar, maybe a, maybe two if you're lucky. Self-published, sure. you know, thirty to seventy percent per book. You're talking four, five, six bucks a book. So that's a big difference over time. Yep. Uh, you know, double. You, you're you're making kind of double your money at least on a, on a lot of those spots. So that's the royalty rates. Then you've got okay, how much does it cost you to publish? Traditionally publishing, they're covering the cost for you in exchange for a lower royalty. You've got hybrid publishing or vanity publishing. It's like you know, you'll pay someone five, 10, 15 grand essentially to, to publish the book for you. And then self-publishing, obviously you're covering the cost. So that's the yep. downside is you're covering the cost. You got a little bit more work to do for yep. the upside. So if you don't know what you're doing, it can cost you five or 10 grand. If you do know what you're doing, it can cost you a few hundred, a few thousand. Yep. Right. So that's, and then there's time that it takes to do it. So traditional publishing minimum of two years, self-publishing, it could be a year, it could be a decade, right? Depending right. on how, how motivated and disciplined you are. So our goal at self-publishing school is we want to save people hundreds, if not thousands of dollars in the process. Yep. And, and we can pretty confidently say that we'll save them a hundred, if not hundreds of hours in the process. So 
that's kind of that's kind of how we look at that, right? For 99.9% of people, it makes more sense to self-publish. Yep. It's not just because I own self-publishing school and self-publishing.com, <laughs> even though I obviously am biased. Uh, but uh, you know, it just unless you can get a big advance, um, yeah. you know, it doesn't make sense. And this is, I mean, my mentor and, and advisor. Um, to self-publishing school is Michael Hyatt, who was a CEO or former CEO of the lar- seventh largest publishing company in the world. I um, mean, he shares a lot of the same views. I mean, so it's like that kind of helps me round out my perspective. So it's not yeah. just I'm, you know, drinking the self-publishing school Kool-Aid and 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 that, like that's the only way. Um, yeah. So that's that piece. But then really what I think you got to do is, as Stephen Covey said, you know, begin with the end in mind. You've got to look at, am I using this book to make an impact? Am I using this book to grow my business? Um, or do I want to make, do I, like, I actually want to be a full-time author and I want to make a living right. from these books. Right. Because right. depending on those three answers, how you do it will be wildly different. Oh, and, no. and to kind of what your point, I think if you're, if you are publishing a book to grow your business, it's the best thing that you can do to grow your business. And there's just a lot of different moves that I would make depending on which, which route people take. Yeah, totally. Do you know Mike Michalowicz? I do. I just interviewed yeah. him on the podcast. I, yeah. His podcast interview just released, I think, this week. Yeah. So Mike, Mike was on my show. I was on his not too long ago. And and uh, Mike and I were joking about unloading pallets of books because he said his first book that he that he published. Yeah. Did he tell you the story? I think so. The Toilet Paper Entrepreneur, maybe? I think it may have been The Toilet Paper Entrepreneur, but he ordered something like 20,000 copies of the book. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was like... He's doing the math of, you know, if 1% of the overall population orders <laughs> need this many. So he said he was just dripping with sweat, unloading pallets and pallets and pallets of books, you know. And I've been there. I, I didn't order 20,000, but I've ordered 3,000 or 5,000 at a time. And I enlist my boys, my teenage boys, like, all right, guys, it's time to, you know, haul these things down to the basement. Um, but it's funny when when you start talking about selling quantities and what people think they're going to sell, what can be sold and all that. Yeah. Um, do you have any standouts like anybody who, who just has monster numbers they're posting from? Yeah. Um, and this isn't, uh, uh, this isn't crazy in itself. Um, oh, we've had a lot of, uh, a lot of crazy successful students, but one that comes to mind just because of the topic. And I think it's pretty inspiring as well um, is, is Justin Alexis Black um, wrote a book called redefining normal. And it's a memoir which memoirs are really difficult to sell if you're not famous. <laughs> yeah. Right. Cause it's like, oh, yeah. kind of like, okay, uh, who cares? <laughs> uh, teach me something or entertain me. Yeah, um, but right. a memoir is kind of like this weird hybrid. And unless it's Matthew McConaughey or, you know, somebody it's like, okay, well, what, what's the intrigue? But I think yeah. they've done in the last year, like eight to 10,000 copies of that book. Awesome. And it's, and, and they come from the foster adopt community. And so it's been just really cool where they both come from the foster adopt community. So they kind of have, that's the, that's the premise, right? Redefining yeah. normal of like what it looks like both to grow up in that system, but then sure. to also kind of like chart a new path, create relationships, overhood, over, overcome childhood trauma, like all those things. So yeah. I'm just super proud of them. They've, they've won like 10 book awards sold. I think wow. at this point, like 10,000 copies in the last uh, year, which the average self-published book sells a hundred copies. Right. Isn't that crazy. Which is just, I mean, that's just sad. Um, and so, I mean that, and, and, and obviously our numbers are, 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 I don't know what exactly what they are. Cause we don't have 
uh, sales trackers. We're not a publisher. So all of our students sure. own their books, right? So we, we're, yep. we're not the gatekeeper. And so therefore the downside to that is we don't have all their data, which kind of sucks. Um, but uh, so, cause I can't just rattle off numbers, but um, I know that it's a lot more than that, but so super proud of them. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. There, there is a, a connection going back to, did you know that I published winning the money game through selfpublishing.com? I did not know that. Yeah. So when I first started and Chad and I wrote that book, um, we were like, well, we always approached everything from the same perspective, which was, we don't know how to do it, but if we did, what would we do? Mm -hmm. If we did know, well, we'd probably go look up self-publishing and selfpublishing.com came up and I go down in there and, you know, deep in that rabbit hole books, just books.com was part of that, that family. Yeah. So that was who printed our, our winning the money game book. No and way. that's how I knew that you were buying that company. Cause I was, I was talking to someone there, you know, like, Hey, I need to order a reprint of this book. And then she was like, well, you know, some things are changing and you were on social media. Like I got a big announcement. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy, man. Yeah. 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 So it's very cool. Again, very cool to watch from afar. Someone that I've known now for almost a decade do, you know, these really cool things. You are, you are great at surrounding yourself with smart people. And I'm curious, what are like some of the takeaways, some of the big lessons learned for you Mm. um, that you would impart on other, on other folks? So like my audience, if they're, you know, they're looking for like, give me three to five nuggets that you've gotten along the way where you're like, this changed everything. Cool. I'll, I'll, I'll give, I'll give two or three and I'll, but I will say, I will say the first one is way more important than any uh, practical tip that I could give. Um, And, and and so the first one I think is, is to get in the room. Um, And, and I think people skip past that advice because like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've heard that. Um, Yeah. Jim Rohn, right. Um, You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. I heard it got it moving on. But I think people aren't intentional about that. So that is the biggest thing for me. Now I've took to the extreme, which I don't rec or I'm glad that I did it. I just don't know that I would use it as like blanket advice, like do this. Like I moved to Des Moines, Iowa to get closer to you and to Mitch Matthews and Dave Maxwell. Then I was like, I'm moving to San Diego to uplevel my network. I'm moving to San Francisco to uplevel my network. I'm, and those, I created an entrepreneur house to, and then filled it with like, Oh, this person's like, really good in business. This person's going to challenge me spiritually. This person's going to challenge me health wise. And then just yep. like, there's our house. Right. And so I, I, I feel like I have very intentionally done that. Um, last night I had a dinner at my house, um, first one in a while. And, um, the topic was acquisitions and investing and invited, you know, 10 of the smartest people that me and my friend know that are doing acquisitions and investing at a very high level. And then we just had, awesome. you know, two hour, two and a half hour round table discussion bought catered Chipotle for everyone. And it's like, I learned so much in in two hours. Right. And so just those type of things, I mean, I think, so that would be my biggest piece of advice, which is, is actually do it and be intentional about it. And as someone who comes from a small town, I think it's easy. Um, I think my mindset when I was in that small town was like, Oh yeah, well that doesn't exist here. Right. Um, and so then therefore cool, good advice Chandler, but like, that's not going to apply to me. Right. And I think there's, I think it's just flawed thinking. There's two ways that you can get around that. One is you can go to it 
Um, so that's why I went to succeed faster. Right. It was like, all right. And it was a breath of fresh air. Like, I feel like I am in a room of people that are actually like me. Yeah. 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 Maybe I'm not so weird after all. And, but then also like it is in your town. Like I go back to my town now and, and I see what's happening. I'm like, Oh, let's go meet with that person. Let's go meet with that person. Like they're controlling everything around here. Like, and it's really interesting and you learn and, it opens doors and it's like, it's, I see the town totally differently. It's the yeah. same town. Right. Um, but so I think that would be the biggest piece of advice um, that, that I would I would say, and then, and then there's, you know, there's a bunch of other things that have come from that, but it's like, you know, partnerships or um, yeah. one of my favorite piece, piece of advice is, is don't take advice from someone you wouldn't gladly switch places with mm. and, uh, <laughs> and pay for access so for me, it's, yeah. uh, you know, I, I paid to go to conferences or even before I could afford it, I would, um, I, I did this thing where I would volunteer at conferences. So this is a very uh, applicable piece of, of advice for people yeah. is if you can't afford to go to a conference, offer to volunteer and say, Hey, I, I would reach out. I was like, I'll do anything. I'll sweep the floors. I'll run the mics. I'll <laughs> escort the speakers. I'll drive them from the airport. And I was always trying to do the backstage stuff, right? It's just like, Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll escort the speaker. I'll, I'll go, you know, I never got to pick them up at the airport or anything, but it was just like, I'll do it. Cause I knew like that was when I was going to get to meet those people. And I'm kind of an ambassador of the conference organizer. So I'm right now, oh. like they're almost in a weird way vouching for me not at all, but everyone thinks that they are. Cause it's like, Oh yeah, this is Chandler. Like he's me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so I would volunteer at conferences just to get in the room early on. And so like that compounded to a lot of things. So like, even now, I mean, Michael Hyatt's a guy that I've looked up to for a long time and three, four years ago, it was like, all right, I'm going to join his business accelerator. I'm going to like be intentional about reaching out to try to get him to go out to lunch or dinner. Every time I come to Nashville, it's like, no, 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 no. It's like every time. And then finally it's like one point, like, all right, cool, let's do it. And then, uh, okay. Like a couple other things. And then let's grab breakfast. Hey, I want you to be my mentor. <laughs> I think there's something to that though, that, that people don't often realize and particularly the younger, like younger folks coming up through the ranks right now. Um, and I don't know what this is Chandler, but this was something that Tim Augustine and I experienced who for the listeners out there, Tim was my business partner in Succeed Faster. He's a brilliant speaker and a great business guy. He's he's a a principal of a company in in, uh, Detroit, Michigan. Um, But one of the things Tim and I noticed was that as soon as people ran into difficulty or no, they heard no for the first Mm. or second time, they were done. I'm out. And I think there is something about what you just described, which is you were persistent you yeah. are probably pleasantly persistent. You will not be deterred yes. right? by, by no. It's like every no is a next. Yes. Um, and I think there's something to that, that like yeah. for me, someone will say, well, I emailed you once to get feedback on this, whatever that I sent <laughs> and you never responded back. Or it's like, do you yeah, know how many, I, I'll get 150 emails a day. Yeah. It probably got buried and, or my, mm-hmm. and, or my assistant ended up, filtered yeah. it somehow but if you did that three and four and five times, yeah. I would likely, you know, pay some attention. Yeah. When I think that's a, that's a great point, a great distinction. That's like, um, I learned that from student painters. They, that my, it's my brother's favorite story. 
is uh, they teach you how to run a business by running a house painting company. And, you know, you start by knocking on doors. And I remember they're like, all right, you're going to get, you know, one to two estimates per hour. And I came fresh out of training and I'm knocking on my first doors for two hours. I'm like, I'm the first one out in the field. I'm like, let's do this. Yeah. Uh, it's going to manifest destiny. Like, I'm going to be so good at this. Totally. <laughs> and, and it was just two hours of just people like slamming the door in my face. No, get off my lawn. If I ever see you in this neighborhood again, just like, <laughs> like all that kind of stuff. And I was just so defeated, but I came back. I was, it was in the, in the, in the, um, it was the middle of a week in college. And I came back and I was just kind of just pretty shy, uh, when it came to women. And, and there was two girls that I thought were cute that I'm like, like one in my class, one in my dorm. And I was just like, I got like two or three numbers within 24 hours. <laughs> um, and it's always been my brother's favorite story. Cause I was just like, Hey, I just heard 200 no's. What's one more? <laughs> like, What's one more? And, and, and I think that really though, cracked the belief barrier of like, okay, you know, it, a, a no is not personal. Um, and, and, and also it's just, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's being pleasantly persistent. And so I think we're coming back to that, but then uh, there's one other thing I would say, Adam, which is, I think it's something that's worked pretty well for me is, and it kind of speaks to what you're saying with young people as well is when you learn something from someone, implement it and then report back. And I think that's been one small thing that I've done really, really well um, that I don't see a lot of people doing um, because you know this, like the, the the people that you love to invest in are the people who you're like, oh, that was time well spent and they went and did it. And and on the contrary, if like, if you meet with someone, you give them three steps of things that want to help and then they come, they meet with you a month later and, they're, and you're like, hey, how'd that go? And they're like, oh right. man, I haven't done it. It's like, this is kind of harsh. But it's like, I am never meeting with you again. This yeah. is a total waste of my time. Right. Like, and, and, and sure that like, maybe that's extreme, but for me, it's like, all right, my time is very scarce. Like I want to spend that time investing in people who are it. like, this is going to be a part of my legacy. Like you're going totally. to go do this thing. Totally. So I think that's like get in the right room, learn something. I was writing handwritten thank you notes back to those people or saying, Hey, I tried this thing. Thank you so much. But then also publicly being like, yo, Adam Carroll is the man. Like I learned this from him, which is another weird thing. Like people learn stuff and then they don't want to attribute it to anyone. They're like, Hey, check out this concept that I created. Isn't it smart? But it's it's like, no, I learned this from Adam Carroll. And that's why I've said that a thousand times or more since then. Um, And he's awesome. And go Adam. Right. And I think this will help you. (laughs) Right. And, And it's just like that. And and yeah, so I'm getting on the soapbox a little bit. Well, but. and I appreciate that so much about you. Um, the attribution thing is something that's that's really important <laughs> to me as well. I've listened yeah. to not because you're you're saying my name a thousand times on on podcasts, but um, but part of that is Jack Canfield. I worked very closely with. Obviously, mm-hmm. he he will say I learned this from my good friend. Yes, you know, and he'll he'll list every single person that he shares something yes. with. So there's never this vague, uh, idea that he has come up with the, the idea he's a reporter, like he's a researcher and a reporter, which yeah. is kind of what you're doing. The That's other cool. thing that I will say about you Chandler, that I've always appreciated is you're an implementer. Like in the fact that 
I probably have a dozen thank you notes from you with that goofy stamp of your face. on it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And the, the handwritten note, as simple as that is, it is so effective and very few people do it. Yeah. And it's, it's a shame, you know, like that, mm-hmm. that is one of the delineating factors, I think, between people who are successful and those who aren't is they do the little things that matter. I agree. Yeah. Where did that come from for you? Was it how to win friends? Yeah. How to win friends, influence people. Also, I like to zig when other people are zagging. So it's like another thank you email is better than nothing, but not very impactful for most people. So for me, I was, I I always try to go analog and stand out. And so I think (laughs) you you may have gotten a, a, if you haven't, you probably will soon. It's like an SBS box from us. And just like, I've always tried to go offline. And and so I did a, a, I like challenges um, and there was a phase where I was doing a challenge every year for like the whole year. And so one year I did a write a thank you note, um, every day for a whole year. So wrote three, 365 uh, thank you notes. And so it just, that I sent a lot of thank you notes that year. And it's uh, actually, I was just making a note of when you were saying that, I was like, man, I need to, <laughs> I need to write some thank you notes. I haven't written yes, yes, yes. And just think about to my staff, especially, cause I feel like that would be, that would be meaningful and also just show them that I appreciate them. You're making that note right now, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I am. That's awesome. Um, man, yeah, this is so good. Taking a walk down memory lane here. I want to know based on the breaking out of a broken system and the fact that you and your brother are both just uber successful in what you do. What what did your parents do? Mm. What was different yeah. for you growing up than for others? Yeah, it's so funny. And this is not to beat my own drum by any means, but I, I, I get that question a lot. Um, because I mean, obviously my brother with, it's just two very different things, right? Um, it, it, it's, uh, he, you know, he's a musician. I'm a business guy. Now he's becoming a pretty successful business guy himself, which I'm super proud yes, of. Yes, he is. Uh, but so what did they teach? I mean, that's what we talk about in the book, which is for charity. So any, any, any book purchases like that goes hundred percent to charity. Yep. Um, but I would say, um, work ethic, these are like all the lamest. It's like, oh, cool. Give me a list of all the things I, I already know. Um, but work ethic, discipline. Um, I would say there's this concept we talk about in the book. It's called like uh, many, like a lot, M-A-N-Y, many, M-I-N-I. So a lot of little successes. So many, many successes. Yeah. Um, that was a big thing is they were just always given us little opportunities to fail, but also like acquire some skills and then say, oh, hold up. Like, I'm good at this thing. And then you have this arsenal of tools that starts to build confidence, like scouts and sports and, yeah. you know, all these different things. And so I think that was a, that was a big one as well. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Were they- and then my brother just blazing the trail. I mean, like I can't understate that. I mean, he's 10 years older than me. He went out and became super successful in this thing that everyone told him was like, you will net what music, when are you going to get a real job? And then he just came back and said, Hey man, look, look, I made it. You can do whatever you want. Like a job is just convincing someone to pay you money for something. 
Yes. Uh, and, I, you know, I just got out of this counselor thing with school where it's like, all right, you took the test. You've got five options. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, and uh, it's like your career counselor that's like, here's what you should be. And he's like, dude, I'm like, oh, man, I guess I need to be like a financial advisor. That's the closest like entrepreneur right. was not on the test. Right. Um, right. And I would have hated that. But, it, you know, he said, hey, man, you can be anything you want. Just you just got to commit someone to pay you to money for something. And, yeah. and, and so that was a big piece combined with, I think the chip on my shoulder of like, uh, I grew up and everyone was like, Oh, you're Seth's little brother. I'm like, no, I'm not Seth's little brother. Seth's my brother. <laughs> you know, so I didn't want to be this, uh, unsuccessful younger yeah. brother. That's just like, nobody knows about. And it's just like, I'm totally unhealthy. I'll probably talk about it in counseling some more at some point. <laughs> yeah, you will. But, uh, you, you, will. you know, like that, that kind of drives you early on to say, all right, I've got this ship on my shoulder. Like, I want to go make something of myself. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, well, at least you're both handsome dudes too, you know? <laughs> I mean, you could have been unsightly and that would have been a double negative for you. you know? <laughs> uh, I, I watched your brother's uh, documentary too. I saw the Need to Breathe doc. It was so oh, good. So Yeah. Good. Yeah. Into the mystery. We, I haven't seen it since it officially came out, but we saw a couple of the versions before it came out and man, it was cool. In the theater I went, it was just, it was an awesome night. Took my wife and a couple of friends of ours. So we had a great time. That's awesome. Yeah. It's so good. Tell me about the book that's coming out. Yeah. Um, so it it is an updated and revised version of published. So I'll I'll hold up for the, for the video. It's going to look really funny. This is not the cover. I haven't even got the proof yet. Um, And the corner is cut off because this is funny, Adam, you'll relate to this um, or resonate maybe is I, I, so I read the whole book probably a year and a half ago. Yeah. And I was like, man, this sucks. Uh, this could be so much better. And, and as I marked it all up and I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to take all these, I'm going to rewrite it. And then I went to move and I'm like, where's that book? I've got so many copies of this book. And I looked at every single one and it wasn't there. So apparently I gave it away. Oh no! Um, So this round, I cut the corner out. um, So I cannot give this copy away. But um, so basically it's called published. It's the proven path from blank page to published author. I mean, I want to drop the mic on writing and publishing a book. So, um, and and so it's, how do you go from blank page to selling 10,000 copies of your book? to using that book to get booked for speaking gigs, to get booked um, for PR, publicity, all that stuff. And then how do you use it long-term to either start or grow a business? Yeah. Um, and so it's just a whole lot more comprehensive uh, than the first version. So, and the first version, I mean, sold a ton of copies, got close to a thousand reviews on Amazon. And, yeah. and so it's uh, it, it's it's been six years in the making and, and, and 6,000 books later um, that we're, we're doing this next version. So I'm super excited about it. You should be. It, I thought the first version was actually really, really good. So the fact that you're reading it saying it sucks, I, <laughs> you're kind of critical of yourself. But I will say this, if, if any of my listeners are thinking about, A, starting a business, you have a story in you or a book in you. Um, yeah, I cannot recommend this enough. Um, j- just going back years, as I mentioned before, when Chad Card and I wrote Winning the Money Game, you know, we've sold yeah. thousands and thousands of copies of that book. And it launched a speaking business that had me on 750 college campuses over 15 years. It was a seven-figure business that, or seven figures in revenue, for sure, out of that business. Yeah. And a whole lot of exposure that led to TED Talks and a documentary of my own and all that stuff. So it all started with the book, and it can. And Mm, I think that's what I love 
I love watching you do, man. You're helping people launch empires, though they may not yeah. know it yet. Totally. And it's my yeah. same, it's my same story as well, right? It, for me, it started with a book and a, and it was like, oh my gosh, this this is possible. And this is something that I created that was successful. So um, I mentioned this to you before. I'd love to give away 50 copies to folks. So these are this is like we're recording this. The book hasn't even released yet. You'll be some of the first people to get a copy. And I'm and and no strings attached for free. Okay. So I created uh, this link that'll make this simple. It's it's publishedbook.com forward slash bigger life. So published past tense published book. Like I have a published book.com forward slash bigger life. Okay. And basically the first 50 people uh, that go there and fill out the form, um, just tell me where to send it. You don't have to pay for the book. You don't have to pay for shipping and handling. I feel like I have to over explain this because it's like, Oh yeah, free book. Um, just pay $30. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> hey man, even the people who are like $6, this is crazy. Yeah, 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 right. It's $6. You're getting an amazing book. Yeah. So it's free. Um, you can go to that link and first 50 people, at least I might give a few more, uh, away beyond that, but at least for 50, I'll, I'll ship you a copy for free. That is so generous of you Chandler. Thank you so much, man. Um, this has been a blast. I love catching up with you. Um, I know you're in that. Are you in Nashville right now? Austin, uh, you're in Austin. I'm in there often. I'm, I'm, I'm at Austin. I'm, I live in Austin now. My brother's in Nashville. Michael Hyatt's in Nashville. So I'm there often for meetings and stuff with him. But did you end up planting roots in Austin though? Or are you staying? I did at least for did now. You really? Oh, at least for good now. Good to know. Yeah. Um, hopefully I can see you. I'll be there in December for Diego's event. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Hit me up. I'd, I'd yeah. love to meet up. Yeah, I will. I will. I would love that, man. Um, always good to see you, brother. Yeah. Thank you, Adam. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for doing what you do.